Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. Welcome to the Divine Revolution podcast. Today we're switching it up a little different and we're actually going to have a live demo with yours truly. So I hope you enjoy. So let's see. First, I just want to say, I showed you my camera setup. I've got three cameras going here. And as I was setting this all up, I was like, wow, I think my mindset has really shifted because I used to be like really scared to be on camera. believe it or not, I wanted to do a YouTube channel to do coaching, um, to do a podcast all of these years. And, um, I really let my confidence, my body image, my just lack of tech knowledge kind of get in the way of going for it. And so as I was setting up these three cameras and this is my first official Instagram live too. So I'm doing all the things I'm going mixed media, multimedia here. I really thought, gosh, my mindset has really shifted. Not only am I comfortable being on camera, but I've got three. (laughs) So I decided to really come up with this challenge. I really feel like it birthed out of me. I know you mom bosses will sort of like appreciate that we take care of our babies, but then we also take care of our business baby. And to be honest, I sort of threw my business baby out with the bathwater The subtitle of this training is how to heal trust issues with the universe. And to be quite honest with you, the universe has of late given me some trust issues. (laughs) So I have had a kind of a tough go of it. Um, I turned 40 in July and that kind of started like the midlife crisis thing. And then um, shortly thereafter, my dad was diagnosed with leukemia and has been in the hospital on and off for the past few months. He's doing well, technically in remission, Um, but so much like grief poured out of me. And I really just decided that my self-care protocol was to just take care of myself during that practice. And so a lot of things like my live streams, even my podcast suffered. If you're listening on the podcast, you know, it got a little bit sketchy there for a minute, but I'm getting back on (laughs) to weekly episodes and I'm actually going to switch it up. Like I said, you know, live demos, maybe some individual talks. We'll see. So, um, when you have something traumatic and bad happen, it really affects the way you do things. Um, And so we hear a lot of talk in this world, the coaching world, about scarcity mindsets. So what is that? (laughs) And if you really look at the root word there, we've got scars, right? And so when something bad happens to us, a lot of times we really just feel like, 
then we can't trust the universe. We can't trust ourselves. We can't trust the situation. So what might some examples of those be? Well, say your dog dies. That happened to me last week. Bye, Biscuit. He's on to the Rainbow Bridge now. Um, say you have a loved one who's hurting or sick. Um, say you got COVID. Say you are having money problems. Say you are having client problems, um, say you're having relationship problems, all of these things can be really disruptive to the flow of what we're trying to do here. And so this is where mindset comes in. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. Not only have I been having trust issues with the universe, but I have dodged mindset and meditation work for years. So um, to be fair and to give myself credit, and this is something we're going to talk about for throughout the series, is that lots of things can be mindset. And so really, actually, I'm doing mindset all day long, but I thought that I was not doing that ideal girl morning routine because I wasn't meditating or journaling for an hour, right? Um, And so I just want to give you permission, if you're like me and you get too busy. And then all of a sudden it's like a week's gone by. You haven't taken your supplements. You haven't um, done your mindset (laughs) in a formal practice. Let me just give you permission to say, we really can count everything as mindset. Okay. And the most important thing about mindset is really catching those negative thoughts when they come. So let's talk a little bit about what the heck is mindset? And I really want to debunk some myths because I think that there's myths out there that really hold people back from appreciating how powerful mindset can be. So what is mindset? I found a neat little graphic. Maybe I'll share that a little later um, so you can like kind of keep it top of mind. The first quality is habits of mind. Okay, so our mind is a habitual being, right? And so we have these natural rhythms, right? So like for me today, spring break, right? So my daughter's not in school. She's at camp. That's why I decided to have this live series mom boss moment. Let me go ahead and get this done while I know my kid is taken care of, right? So yeah, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So your mind goes blank, right? And we have this habit of mind and we sort of get sidetracked and uh, maybe we start to go, gosh, I'm so stupid. Like I'm on camera and I can't even figure out which camera to look at. And gosh, I really should like plan this better. And wow, I'm not doing good enough. And this can really like derail your process progress as this is happening while you're live performing, right? Um, Tell me if you've ever been there, right? I know we have, you know, you sort of have like the mind blurp. And then what happens next is this habit of this internal, usually critical voice comes in, right? And then it starts screaming at us. And it's like, you're not good enough. You'll never get this right. You didn't do enough, you know, fill in the blank. Tell me actually in the comments below, like, what does your sort of negative voice come at you with first? Okay. Um, the other thing that's important to know about mindset is that it's created by experiences. Okay. So it's based in experience. So if 
I, like, for example, when I was in high school, I did Congrès, which was French competition. And I actually did extemporaneous speaking on Francais, right? And so um, I had a moment where I went in there and I totally bombed, right? And so if I have this, like, you know, high school version of me, and I actually have a couple of those, I bombed in creative writing, I bombed in a poetry slam competition, you know, that like fight or flight or freeze. Um, we all get those freeze moments, right? And so if we've had trauma, like um, a humiliation, bullying, um, failure, disappointment, whatever, our mind is like, oh my God, we got to keep her safe. She's going live on three cameras and uh, she doesn't know what she's saying. She forgot her train of thought. Like let's bombard her with unhelpful thoughts to keep her safe, right? So Anne's saying here, my mind trips uh, start with, what were you thinking? Why did you even think you could do something like this, right? <laughs> and that's what keeps so many creators from creating. And uh, I really pivoted, thank you for sharing that, Anne, because I really pivoted towards mindset and mental health because I noticed as I became a coach and creator, actually like my confidence and uh, my mental health kind of went way down. And I didn't really realize that until I took a break from social media for a few months as I was dealing with my family issues with my dad. And I noticed, hey, you know what? My confidence is going way back up. I'm excited. Like I'm feeling good again. And part of it was because the comparisonitis, right? Like who can relate? We always have lots of visual experiences, uh, evidence as we scroll, we can get into that scroll hole and just feel like, okay, my life's not even worth living right now because I joke, I joke, um, because we're in that comparisonitis, right? Um, and so it's really important to find a life that's worth living that's not based on <laughs> you know, validation by others or social media or whatever. Um, but as you can see, this mindset is really based on our experiences, right? And we've all had trauma, okay? I just really want to legitimize mental health concerns for business owners. In fact, I think most business owners go into business because they want the time freedom. Why do they want the time freedom? To go lay on the beach somewhere? Maybe, but maybe it's also because they have good days and they have bad days. And so running a business can be a really great solution if you have mental health versus working in nine to five. But then on the flip side, oh my God, it can present so many challenges because instead of, you know, being accountable to an outside authority figure, you're accountable to yourself. So like who here struggles with self-accountability? Okay. I have been a perfect employee um, when there is people looking over my shoulder. Right. But when I'm here to like self-regulate and work on my own stuff, that sometimes can be a creator struggle. So I just really want to celebrate that a lot of entrepreneurs have mental health struggles and that absolutely does not have to hold you back. However, we really do need to <laughs> keep that mindset practice going. And it's not just the practice of it, but there's this whole piece that I think gets missed, which is the trauma healing. Because trauma healing is, and tell me, like, I think that's a big umbrella. You know, my work as a psychologist for the past 10 years, 15 years, really working with clients, I have done a lot of trauma work. And for me personally, in healing my own trauma, it's been really helpful to use spirituality, to use energy work, um, to work with indigenous healers, to do all kinds of kind of outside the wheelhouse of therapy trauma work. And so tell me below, what do you love to do for trauma work? Because I really 
do believe also an important part of my message is to connect uh, the more like kind of psychological science, mental health world with uh, the world of alternative health and um, mental health and healing. And I feel like mindset actually is the bridge to that um, because we all have blind spots, right? And that's a big piece of mindset is that if we think that we can't talk on the fly, for example, then we are that may or may not be true, right? And it's maybe based on our past experiences of whether we've had success talking on the fly or we've had humiliating experiences talking on the fly, right? And I think most humans have had both, (laughs) let's face it, right? Um, And so these blind spots are ways in which we sort of like self-limit ourselves. And so that's why obviously it can be super powerful to work with a therapist, a coach, a healer, or hello, all three, um, to really help you get beyond your, your blind spots, right? And so the blind spots basically are when we argue for our limitations, right? When we argue that something has to be hard or when we argue that it's just not going to work, it's going to work for everybody else, but not me. <laughs> you know, a, a great example of this is um, I've steadily made more and more money And it hasn't really sort of changed my financial mindset. And and instead, a lot of times has even actually increased scarcity mindset. And they find that to be true with like, say you listen to motivational talk. Sometimes that actually can be detrimental because that person is like blasting this kind of like superhuman version of yourself or what your life could be. And it can make you sort of feel like you're coming up short because it's different than maybe how you view it, right? Um, The other thing about blind spots and particularly trauma mindsets are they're self-deceptive, right? And (laughs) I often talk with my clients about sort of that fake it till you make it mentality. It's kind of cliche, but the way that I like to talk about it is if you think you're going to do a great job and think you're the most confident in the person in the world, you think you're going to sell out your launches, even if you're wrong, it's still going to give you like, say you suck, you're not going to sell like, you know, like maybe that's the actual cold hard truth, which of course it's not right. But let's just say devil's advocate. If it was, um, it is, still going to help your performance to think you're the shit. And I think some of these coaches do this really well because I've had a few coaches that just showed up with amazing marketing and coaching, you know, presence and everything. And then the actual results of the sessions, you know, they they just had this powerful presence and they like kind of like brought everybody in you know, the actual coaching itself may or may not have been that great. And so I think that's the thing is that sometimes we look outside of ourselves to another person to fix us or another program to fix us. Um, And first of all, like we don't even really need fixing, right? We just need to like accept ourselves and we need to like look at what are self-deceptive mindsets, right? So a self-deceptive mindset could be like, I'm not good at this or I don't look good on camera or um, I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> Ever been there with the procrastination promise to, to do something later and then it never happens. Right. Um, and so that also is why it can be super helpful to have, um, a mentor to kind of reflect back and validate like the most powerful version of you rather than, you know, what those mean voices are saying. And here's a quick cheat. 
those mean voices usually are the internalized voices of society, or if you've had anyone be critical or judging or mean or abusive to you, a lot of times those echoes um, take root in our head, right? And then they play on re repeat. And so they're the echoes of the abuse that we experienced, but a lot of times it doesn't sound like them. It sounds like us, right? And so we have, oh, hello. We have, <laughs> y'all don't be putting too many compliments in the chat, even derail my train of thought. <laughs> I got a compliment, yay. You know, so when do we talk about mindset? We really talk about how this is shaped by our lives, right? So it's shaped by our experience, it's shaped by our worldview, but mindset really is something that can be developed. And like I said, you can make it yours. And in fact, I think you should make it yours. So a couple of just human design mindsets that have really helped me in my entrepreneur business. The first one is um, realizing that I had this open crown center. So with an open crown center, you're constantly like importing inspiration from other people. And so that can really affect your mindset. Okay. And so you can kind of like psychically pick up other people's thoughts or their mindsets or their inspiration. And for a lot of us coaches, you know, especially when you're kind of like a newbie coach and you start sounding like your coach or your favorite people, a lot of times it's because you got, if you do have that open um, crown center, like I do, it's because you're taking someone's inspiration on okay but then a lot of times that can make us feel like scattered out right another big challenge for me with my mindset is I have an open um, will center and so this has a lot to do with your motivation and your sense of self-worth and when I got my human design certification that was something that was uh, really powerful because it was allowed me to realize that no matter I had done like spent literally, literally over the years, hundreds of thousands of dollars on self-development, on coaching, on healing, on workshops, on a PhD, on all of those things. And I still didn't feel good enough. Thank you so much for the hearts. And I think that's a lot of people's journey. And human design gave me the ability to say, hey, like, I may never feel worthy um, enough. And so I kind of have to do it anyway. Now, if you have an open will center, like I do, you're very susceptible to the people around you. So I still have a psychology therapy practice. And so I have a lot of people who are struggling with self-esteem and worth, and I can just like empathically sponge that up. So can you relate? Like sometimes you're having a great day and then you run into someone in a bad mood. And then I call that like getting slimed. Like you get slimed with that kind of negative energy. So that can be like a big piece of it, right? So the good news is that you don't have to be anxious all the time, right? And I think a lot of us achievers, a lot of people who are empaths, people who want to help and heal the world, um, do tend to carry a lot of anxiety because a lot of times we're sponging that up. Moment to ground and center, right? Okay. Let's take some deep breaths. Put your hand on your heart, whichever one feels best. This is a great technique because it only takes a second. You can do it anywhere and it releases oxytocin, which is the feel good love chemical. So when you're nursing, when you're making love, any of those things, um, you release oxytocin and it's the bonding chemical, right? And so we can biohack that simply by putting your hand on your heart, right? 
So mindset really is sort of like the cumulative sort of tape of everything that's kind of happened to you. And if you've studied the subconscious and hypnosis and auto suggestion, you know that a lot of our subconscious is printed from zero to seven. And if any of y'all, I know you do, and if anyone has kids under seven, you realize like what kind of crappy sentiments we just have to say as parents, like, you know, sit down, be quiet. Don't do that. You know, it's like a very, can be very stifling. And if you think about those things are active and are sort of running the show on autopilot, even if you had a great childhood, we all got told to like sit down and shut up at some point, you know, whether it was at school or home or whatever. So I think a lot of us end up getting our creator, Um, you know, and your creator is really intrinsically linked to your inner child. And so a lot of our inner childs are wounded. Therefore it's difficult to create. Right. And I really believe that mindset is a creative process. And that's why I love all things magic and manifestation and mindset and art and healing is because to me, that's all artistry. That's all about like healing. So just to wrap up, what is mindset? Well, mindset is created by experiences. It creates blind spots. It can be self-deceptive. It shapes our lives, shapes our world. Good news is, is it can be developed and it can be transmuted. So really we're just talking about like habits of the mind, right? So let's now go into some mindset myths. So I was trying to think about what are all my excuses for not doing mindset. Um, so sometimes people think that mindset is just a pep talk or motivation and it's not really that, like, I definitely take a more mystical, uh, (laughs) process to my mindset. Um, I really like it to be like scripting or calling in what I want to see happen in my world. Um, I also do, uh, as a therapist, I've been trained in EMDR, which is kind of a brain technology. There's like a light machine that goes back and forth and it really helps you reprocess trauma. So like, let's talk a little bit about trauma here. You know that we all have trauma and I think no one wants to admit to trauma, right? (laughs) It's like two truths and a lie. No one admits to the trauma thing, right? And if you say that you have trauma, you're way ahead, right? Because I really believe everyone has trauma. And so if you're saying, no, I don't have trauma, it's like, Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay. Either you've done like a shitload of work and you're like ascended or like we all do. Right. (laughs) So a lot of times people think it's just like a pep talk or a motivation. But as I said, sometimes being, I got to say, I've been dabbling with toxic positivity in a lot of my content over the years. And that was why I had to step away when my dad was ill, because I was like, I just don't feel good. I don't want to write. I don't like have anything to share. I did have some things to share, but they weren't on my typical brand of toxic positivity. Right. And so hopefully not toxic, but, um, positivity at all costs. And so that just like really is not mindset and it's just really not helpful. So mindset does not have to be all positive. Okay. In fact, like celebrating your struggles or or challenges and just like coming with that self-acceptance, self-love, self-compassion is like the ultimate mindset. So doing mindset around like the things that you think you're struggling with, like I struggled, uh, to get out of bed this morning, but I did, or I struggled to like, you know, do my camera setup, but I did. Uh, I struggled with forgetting my words for a moment, but I did it anyway. You know, those actually can be like the healing 
is things. It's just like giving your credit for the effort. One of the biggest shifts I've made personally in my entrepreneur business is, you know, we're all like results obsessed, right? And we see all these results, which make for really good marketing, but not necessarily translate into being like good coaches and teachers, right? Like I've hired some of my most successful, I hate to say this, but I'm just going to be a truth teller here. Right. But like those million dollar coaches, like the ones I spent the most amount of money for and like were the most successful, a lot of times actually were not the best coaches, right? Sometimes the newbies who really cared about you were the best coaches. So I just want to say right now, if your money is not where you want it to be, which I think for most people is maybe the case, it's okay. Like it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or your mindset. Like some people can manifest in one area, like say they're great in love, but they suck in money right? Or say they're really good at money, but they can't find a man or a woman. Um, So, you know, I think just uh, we really sort of like translate our worth with our ability to like produce results. And so a big shift that I went to was starting to like sort of go to process oriented goals. So instead of trying to make this much amount of money or lose this much weight or, um, you know, have this many people in a program or whatever the result was, I started going like, can I show up three times a week? Can I schedule out my content? Can I do my mindset every day? You know? And so these weren't necessarily results oriented goals, but they were goals that could get you to the results. And so, you know, the saying like, I want a million dollars, like, yeah, maybe everybody wants a million dollars, but like, what does that even mean? Why do you even want it? Do you think you can have it? Um, because, you know, whichever way you think, you're, you're right. <laughs> a lot of times, I'm getting lost in my notes. Just wing it, Megan. <laughs> um, let's just talk really quickly about the effects of trauma on the mindset, right? So, let's see if we can relate to these, right? So a lot of times, most people have heard of like a fixed mindset or growth mindset, right? And I actually have a cute little story. My daughter's been learning that in school. And I think I was being hard on myself. And she was like, um, that sounds like a fixed mindset. You want a growth mindset. I was like, wow, I totally got called out and I'm being coached by my amazing little priestess daughter. And that's it, right? And so what is a fixed mindset? Well, actually... It's the desire to look good. What? Okay, so what we're doing is we're trying to protect ourselves. And so a fixed mindset is like, I'm either good at it or I'm not, okay? But a growth mindset is like, the more I practice, the better I get, right? And so people just be like, oh, well, I had a failed launch. Like, I give up. I'm not good at it, right? Versus like showing up over and over and over and over again, right? Because sometimes that is what it takes. I just like totally got a deja vu moment there. Okay. So fixed mindset is actually the desire to kind of self-protect, I don't know. I had a light bulb moment there. I hope you did too. I was like, oh, wow. So I love in our industry, it does seem like there's more of a trend post COVID to be more vulnerable, to be more authentic, to move into like not having to look good all the time, right? Because 
it really is true. The person that you think that you have it all together is just someone you don't know very well yet, right? Because we all struggle. And I think that that's just really something important to know, right? And so being flexible in our mindset. And so what happens with trauma? A lot of times, like let's take relationship trauma. Say you were hurt in a relationship, however that happened. It could be something little like you didn't get picked. <laughs> you didn't get picked for the team last, you know, because you're a fat kid. I'm going to do a true story. Um, or it could be something big like um, relationship violence. You know, there's a whole spectrum there. Those kind of things can either make us put our walls up really high so we don't let anyone in, you know, cue sisterhood wounds or relationship wounds. Um, or we can have our walls down really low so that we... <laughs> actually get like retargeted um, for more trauma in the future because we have no defense, right? And so uh, the solution to this based on my trauma work, you know, condensed down to, to 15 seconds <laughs> is uh, that we need this retractable wall, right? When people demonstrate that they're trustworthy, we can lower the wall down, but we can raise the wall up if we're feeling unsafe or scared. And then some people might be toxic or abusive and we need to like maybe totally raise the wall and limit contact with them or maybe even cut them out altogether, right? So that is an important piece for mindset is that sometimes we have our walls too high or sometimes we have no walls at all. And that's like a very super common trauma response, right? The next part of a trauma mindset is a closed mindset. Um, which is the desire to be right or in control. Woo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who doesn't have that one? Right. And I think this is very humbling in a business because, uh, it's hard to be right all the time and you're not going to be in control all the time. And maybe never you're in control. <laughs> um, my husband has a bumper sticker on his jeans that says, um, relax, nothing's under control. <laughs> So you could take that mindset, you know, when you're feeling like, ah, I'm having a trauma moment and I'm out of control. You can just be like, relax, no things under control. Um, and that's moving to a place of radical acceptance. And so when we've been through trauma, it's like, if you're going through hell, you want to keep going. However, when something's right in front of your face, we do have to like radically accept it, which means we don't like it necessarily, but we have to like accept that it's there. So like when my dad was in the hospital for three months, I didn't like it. I was really like profoundly, um, you know, grieving and scared for his life. Thankfully he's doing well at the moment. Um, but I had to accept that that was like in my um, reality. I couldn't just like deny it or distract. Although distracting can be really good when you're in a crisis moment to get you back grounded and kind of prevent dissociation and all that stuff. So the desire to be right and in control. I think that's why a lot of people don't make it through business. And I have had a brick and border business for 10 years now. Well, 11 maybe. Having a brick and mortar business can be really tough. Um, I was just talking with my husband a couple of years ago when I'm in my office here right now in Maribel, and I was moving my practice to Maribel, and I thought, okay, we had some money because we had sold our house, and I wanted to like buy a building and then rent it out. Um, my mindset at the time was like, well, yeah, I'll make it work. Um, I had just been in that kind of setup previously. So like I was paying someone else rent, basically paying their mortgage, you know, so I knew it could work and it could be successful. 
However, what I didn't know was going to happen was COVID, right? And so I ended up like not buying the building because like some red flags went off and it just obstructions came. But shortly after I didn't buy the building, like COVID happened and I thought, God, what? That could have like ruined me financially, you know? Um, What if all the people I had run into didn't pay their rent, like whatever. And so in my mind, I was like, wow, I'm so glad I dodged that. And then my husband pointed out to me, well, actually, if we had bought that real estate with real estate the way it is now, you probably would have made a ton of money. So here in my mind, I was like, wow, I'm so glad I just dodged Bruin. (laughs) And in his mind, he was like, well, actually, we probably could have made, you know, a nice chunk of change on that building. So uh, it just goes to show you that sometimes we're holding a charge around things. And so what we really want to do is we want to transmute and neutralize all that stuff out. So really we think of like positive, yay, we want to feel good. Like, yeah, that feels better to us. But what we really want to do is like neutralize the charge out on things. Okay. So we just want to be like clear and present and like in the moment, um, rather than feeling like, oh, this is really good or like, oh, this is really bad, right? And so previous to COVID, back to my example, I didn't think that we would all have to close down for a time period or that there would ever be like a threat to me doing business the way I was doing it. Um, So like that is why we're in a really exciting moment of paradigm shift, right? Which, you know, I like to call the divine feminine revolution as divine feminine matriarchy energy is taking over. But, you know, in these moments of panic, um, in a collective trauma, like we've all been in for so long, um, we want to start controlling things, right? And so maybe we start controlling, um, I'm just going to not leave my house, or I'm going to wear a mask all the time, or I'm going to take vitamin D, or I'm going to talk to my therapist because I'm having a lot of anxiety, right? And so these may be good strategies, or they may be just like attempts to control whatever, but we want to be right, you know, and I think that that is a big part of the divide that's happened a lot over the past few years in our country is that people feel like I'm right, which is a trauma response. I always say in treatment, like, would you rather be right or be happy? Hopefully both, hopefully both. But if you can only have one, which one would it be? And so my choice is happy. I'm happy to be wrong. Well, maybe not happy, but um, if I'm wrong, I'll own it. And, uh, you know, I'd rather, much rather be happy than, than per se right. Because right is like that egoistic thing. And that's like the, it's the closed mindset, right? We also have a prevention bias, which is the desire to avoid problems and to avoid discomfort, right? So we're like, oh man, launching is really uncomfortable. Like, I don't know if people are going to buy, or maybe you've got the business on lock and you're like, um, dating is really uncomfortable. Like, I don't know if I could trust this person. Or maybe you're like having trust issues with the universe and you're like, universe, like my astrology and everything's saying like this big break is coming for me, but like, I'm kind of scared to like believe in it because if, what if it doesn't happen, right? And so all of these times these like traumas sort of like, we immediately sort of jumped to this problem focus, right? And that is what really sort of burned me out with therapy. Like, you know me, I'm a manifestation sort of like new age spiritual person. And so I'm like, this really helped to be talking about all these like bad things that have happened. Now there is a place for that because sometimes we do need to reprocess, but 
I do notice that I, I personally try not to speak things into existence unless I'm like actively like releasing it, reprocessing it in the moment, like working with someone. So like, if I'm working on my money mindset, I might be like, wow, like, I feel like the universe is like really testing me. Like I had to move some money around the other day. It made me kind of like really feel like scarcity and like it wasn't going to work or whatever. Um, I wouldn't just be telling my mom that and my dad that and my, I almost said brother, I don't have a brother. my husband, whoever. Um, but if I tell everyone that, you know, I'm just like reaffirming these like scarcity money issues. So maybe I just tell like my healer or my therapist or my coach or whoever you're working with. Right. Um, with the intent of like releasing it. Right. And then installing the positive cognition there. Um, sometimes the psychologist part of me (laughs) sneaks out there. Got some cognitions happening. Okay. Um, and then inward, uh, mindset, which is the desire to get ahead. And I was like, Ooh, Ooh, I met, if any of y'all know the Enneagram, I'm a number three, right. Which is overachiever, totally scared of failure, totally like (laughs) obsessed with getting ahead to like an obnoxious level. Right. So yeah, totally. I'm going to own that one, (laughs) but Um, We all desire to get ahead, right? And so like sometimes our mindsets don't allow us to, right? So like a really common mindset, and I'm hoping to blow your mind with this one, really common, many, 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 most people I would even say have this one. I can't get what I want. Oh, okay. So let's just say I can't get what I want. Okay, so I believe that at like a generic level, right? So like, why even try if I can't get what I want, right? I can't get what I want. When, and maybe it's like area specific. Maybe it's like, I can't get what I want with money, but I can get what I want with relationships. Or um, I can't get what I want in business, but I can get what I want in home life, whatever. You know, just fill in the blank for whichever one kind of works for you. But if you can shift that one belief, just start going like, I can get what I want. I can have what I want. And that's where like the coaching people talk about like deciding. And I remember that being a breakthrough for me and also being like, huh, like decide. I just like decide I get to have a million dollars. What? Um, but if we don't think that we can have what we want, then we won't get it. Right. I mean, that is the power of mindset, right. And the power of belief. And so what's it like to shift that I can get what I want? And it can be simple stuff like, Oh, I'm thirsty. I'm going to drink some water. I can get what I want. I got water, (laughs) you know, so you could affirm or validate yourself. Like, you know, I want like, you know, a nice little snack. Unzip a Ziploc bag that could help. So look, I have an apple. I can get what I want, right? Um, Because a lot of times what we do is we move the goalpost, right? If it's like, oh, I just want like, you know, a certain amount of money or a certain amount of clients or a certain amount of affirmation, likes on your posts or whatever. Like when we do get those things, what we tend to do is still like, still say it's not good enough, right? So here's the obligatory hate on the patriarchy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to hate on it. Like we need to like, kind of like forgive it and dethrone it and release the patriarchy, balance it out with the matriarchy, uplift her, you know, make her more powerful because she has 
the best interest of everyone involved there. And so I think a lot of these things are patriarchal in nature, right? They don't want us to trust ourselves. They don't want us to think what we can have what we want. They don't want us to think that we can be a successful business owner. They don't want us to think that we can have it all be a mom and a boss and, you know, not have to do a million things. Still waiting on that one to click the million things part. <laughs> um, so the patriarchy wants us to keep us powerless, right? And like kind of dependent on them because the scariest thing for the patriarchy is for us to become empowered. And that's why this trauma healing, this embodiment work, this mindset work is so important. And uh, that's why I have really been drawn into the pleasure community because I did it all the hard way. I did it the overachiever way and I got some of these things happening, but I was burned out. I was exhausted. I, um, I had like brief enjoyment of it, but I wasn't like fully living the life I wanted. It was a lot of like what I thought I was supposed to have or I should have based on like my conditioning. And so breaking free of that and being like, I don't have to wait till a million dollars to be happy. Like I can be happy right now because I'm doing what I love and I'm creating things and I'm helping people um, that that's enough. Right. And so like, just like that, I can have what I want thing, just like leaning into the, like, I'm enough thing. Right. Um, that can be really helpful. So like today, you know, I met with my wellness coach and that's enough. I did a little crystal spa. That's enough. I'm doing this live series. This is enough, right? Um, and you believe I'm going to treat myself after this, right? So that's enough, okay? Even if it's a struggle brag, like I overslept. That's enough, right? Like ugh, spring forward. It's always a bitch, isn't it? <laughs> okay. So those are the different types of trauma mindsets. There's many more. Um, in my work with EMDR, which if you've not, if you have trauma, let me just like holler at EMDR. That is a t traditional therapy thing, but it's super, super helpful. So what I've decided to do is adapt that bilateral stimulation, which is either the lights or the sounds going back and forth. You can look up on YouTube. There's binaural beats. There's all kinds of things that are accessible for people. Um, but that really helps to take the trauma which whatever the tra traumatic event was, say it's like, um, you know, stage fright, right? And you bomb the competition. That was the one I used earlier, right? So what happens is because that was a trauma, it stays in my short-term memory. And so it's always like somewhat present. It's sort of like having like multiple tabs open. It's like running there in the background and it's just taking up space. And it's like, hey, you might blow it. You might freeze, people might like look at you and you not know what to say, right? Um, and so with something like EMDR, trauma reprocessing or healing, what actually happens is you take that trauma out of the short-term memory and move it into long-term memory, which is what we call closure. <laughs> the elusive, <laughs> much sought after closure, right? We all want some closure on our issues, right? Um, because these tabs are running in the background, right? And they can lead to like overwhelm or collapse or frustration or whatever it is, these kind of like toxic emotions, because we don't actually feel like that event is over. And it's just like kind of haunting us a bit, right? I will say this is like sort of my day one is just kind of about like mindset and particularly traumatic mindset. Day two, we're going to get into some mindfulness. Day three, we're going to go into like future tripping in a good way, future envisioning, calling in, 
on day four, we're going to do some trauma healing. And day five, we're going to have um, one of my fearless feminine leaders, Kim Barrett, who is amazing, awesome healer herself, come on. And we're going to do a live mindset session. So um, if you're listening on the podcast, we're just going to go ahead and air those episodes um, over the next few weeks, give you a little taste of the work. Um, so I'm excited for that. So this is the trauma heavy one. So do what you need to do to take care of yourself. You know, you know how all those marketers say like you, 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 I was like, okay, Megan, you're going to go in there and you're going to have like, game one of the sermons or you say like you all the time, but, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it is powerful, but it can be like a little bit manipulative. I feel like, and especially when you're talking about trauma, you don't necessarily want all your trauma triggered unless you know, and then be like, bye, see you later. So I'm trying not to do that. Hopefully everyone's cool. Um, but we all have big T trauma and little T trauma. That's sort of how EMDR talks about it. And big T could be like a life-threatening event or, you know, rape, violence, abuse. Um, and little T trauma can be everything else, right? And both of these things can kind of affect us. Um, and then we have different parts of the brain, right? We have sort of the reptilian part of the brain, which is very like primal. And that's like the fight, flight, freeze. Or for women, we also have tend to befriend as the stress responses. And then we kind of move up into the mammalian brain where we have the limbic system, emotions, memory. Um, and then we have the prefrontal cortex, which is our like analytical. So we've got the instinct is our most primal. Then we layer emotion on that. And then we layer analysis. And so the thing to know about trauma, um, if you look at the work of Dan Siegel, um, he's written several things about this, including parenting books, which are amazing. But basically he talks about like, if this is your brain and this thumb is your limbic system, it's, it's in the middle. So it touches all parts of your brain. And what happens is when you have a traumatic experience, you actually like flip your lid. And so literally what happens is your um, your emotions are running the show and, uh, you may not actually even be perceiving things. So an example that I give is like, if you've ever been in a fender bender or pulled over by the police and they like ask for your insurance card, you're like, uh, 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 true story. Might have been using my cell phone. Don't do that. Um, but <laughs> he was like, what's your insurance? And I didn't have the card with me and I couldn't even remember the name of it, which is not a super, it's like an off brand. Um, but then as soon as he drove away, I was like, Donegal, that's the name of the brand. Um, and it came back because what had happened is I got panicky and emotional. And this is kind of like what happens in our businesses, right? We get emotional, like, oh man, I've been so busy working with all these clients that I forgot to do like the marketing or like, you know, oh man, like I really don't want to work outside of my normal schedule, but like I need the money or you know, I don't know. Has anyone else been there? Yeah. Um, we feel like we have to, right. We feel like we're, um, you know, sort of in that, uh, one of my favorite podcasts is the soul sourced entrepreneur, soul source business entrepreneur. Anyway, her name is Christina Kane. Um, and I'm, I stole this from her. Um, but she's got an episode called the crap cycle. And I think it's, what is the acronym even it's, um, something about like reactivity and panic cycle. 
but basically what I'm describing, like where you get like really freaked out and then you feel like you can't set any boundaries in your business because you're like, I need the money. I need to make this happen. I need to do whatever it takes. Right. And that's when we get caught into people pleasing and oh my God, that can totally learn to burn out like a true story. Right. Um, so that's some trauma symptoms in your business, you know, um, I've, have had so many difficult experiences in um, business, you know, like when a client comes in and tells you that they're angry with you, you know, um, how can you hold space for that? And like, I mean, as a pe- people pleaser, that's like kryptonite. Like how do you handle people being mad at you? That's a tough one. Right. Um, and, and how to give them like a therapeutic or coaching response without, but then also like inside you're like, Oh my God, someone's out of me. I can't handle it. <laughs> right. Um, so like being able to have that like dual awareness. Right. And so the most important thing is when we're an emotional mind, we need to like ground, distract, take a beat and just get back to where our logical brain can kick back in. Um, because if we're running out of that, like re- reactivity and panic cycle, then we are just like running around you know, in not making good, empowered, embodied (laughs) business leadership decisions, right? And that happens to us all, right? Um, And sometimes we do it to like avoid the conflict of setting a boundary or disappointing someone or whatever the thing is. So those kind of things can be rooted in trauma as well. Like um, say back to my example, I'm trying to pick like relatively benign examples here, not to trigger people too bad, but like, again, true story, you know, not being picked for like whatever PE activity where you had to pick teams, like always being picked last, you know, that might affect me when my family wants to go on a hike and I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. I'd rather sit on the couch, right? Maybe it's because I feel like I'm not good at sports because of that old event. Is that even true? No, but sometimes it affects our identity, right? And that's why mindset can be so hard to change is that they are rooted in our identities, right? And so the purpose of this um, thing was really to like, how do we heal these trust issues? We have trust issues with the universe. We have trust issues with other people. And then we have trust issues with ourselves, right? So maybe even trust issues with our business. Like, is it going to work? Am I going to be able to do it? Like, should I give up? You know, those kind of things. And a lot of that is related to our attachment pattern. So maybe I'll go into that a little bit tomorrow. Um, But what we want to do is we really want to be clearing and transmuting the past, which is why I designed my new mastermind, which is called Divine. And it's a hybrid. So it's half mastermind, half um, trauma healing, activation, initiation, reprocessing, one-on-one with me. And it's actually across nine months. So you get 18 sessions of group and 18 sessions of one-on-one mindset (laughs) making crazy things possible (laughs) in a good way. Um, So that's why I'm so excited about this offer. And it's so funny to me because if you've been watching me for a while, you know, I've done witchy things. I've done human design things. I've done women's empowerment things. Uh, I was like, I'm burned out on the trauma work. I want to do, you know, like more healing and witchy work. Um, But then I thought... (laughs) don't forget what you're good at. I mean, this is something I've literally been doing with people for 
10 to 15 years and the changes are so possible. This is just like a little example, but I did a session on a young person with social anxiety and they were going to a show and they were like scared to dance in front of other people. And so we did a whole session on dance like no it's watching right and then she came back the next session and was like I had the best night of my life right and so that belief like I look stupid when I dance um was holding her back from potentially the best night of her life right and that's just like a little example think about your business what if you could really believe that the clients were there for you what if you really could believe that you could make the million dollars or you could change the paradigm of the world or you could do that podcast that book that YouTube channel and all that fill in the blank, whatever you want kind of thing. Um, and we really want our mindsets to be working for us and not fighting against us. And so if you find a mindset belief, and I do believe that you are initiated by your programs. And when I took on Fearless Feminine, I had so much like fear come up. And then when I've taken on mindset, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sick of my mindset. It's there's some trash mindset up there, right? Um, we all have it, right? And so at some, <laughs> I think people talk about like it not going away. You just don't believe it. But I'd like it to go away completely. Like I just like it to be like quiet in there. Like, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I feel like that's a good stopping point for today. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for being here. I really hope that you took a few nuggets away and really realize if you can even just identify, oh, that's like, like, oh, people don't like me. <laughs> that's a trauma mindset, right? And so I have an affirmation on my phone that pops in that says stuff like, everybody loves you, now act like it, right? So so the trauma mindset is people don't like me. And then the affirmation could be like, people love me, you know? But if I, like, this was a big breakthrough for me. Watch me like go wrap up and then start talking again. <laughs> I can't help myself. Um, but at a certain point I was like, oh, like people know who I am in the coaching industry. I'm writing like posts, like no one knows who I am, <laughs> you know? And then like, what if like, oh, people recognize me, they know me. It's kind of like the, I don't like me thing. Like um, you kind of can relax and be like, oh, I don't have to try so hard. I don't have to prove it. Like people already know me. Like it can just be easy. Um, and I think that's why we all love to hear things like trust yourself and let it be easy. And like, you can have it because they're so empowering and it really is the foundation that allows us to have all the yummy things that we want. Come to mama. So I decided to call it come to mama. And for those of you pleasure enthusiasts out there, you know, that other, <laughs> there's a double entendre there. You can use that practice too. Maybe we'll talk about that on the fun day. Um, but you know, may your heart's desire come to you and may you believe that it's totally possible. And may you be right on the edge of the breakthrough that makes it all, you know, available to you right now. So if you enjoyed this, I hope you do return back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the present. So we're going to do a lot of mindfulness stuff. We kind of talked about the impact of the past on us and on our mindset. So then what? <laughs> tomorrow we're going to talk about 
what to do uh, to be present because when we are in our presence, that's when we are magnetic and powerful. And we don't have all this, remember those open tabs like weighing us down? I was, y'all, one last thought. I was looking up trust memes and it was like, um, when the computer says like ready to update and you're like, maybe tomorrow. And the computer was like, I kind of don't trust you, but okay. And I was like, yeah, that's so me. I like, (laughs) by the time I'm ready to upload, you know, update my computer, it's like an hour long update because I've like deferred it for so long. So that's sometimes what we do with our brains. We have these mindsets for maybe like two, five, eight, 10, 15, 20, 25, 40, 50, however old you are, you know, we have all these mindsets that are running the show and we get to decide, there's that word, (laughs) decide what we want to be true for us going forward. And that is what frees us to really like be fully present in the moment. So thank you all so much and we will see you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.